Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. This will be the Thanksgiving episode, and it's a bit shorter, but I think you'll still enjoy the two stories that are featured. Before we begin, I want to make a few announcements. First of all, if you're listening to this, that means the Black Friday sale at Enkidu Interactive is now live, and you can get Encounters, the cryptid hunting game, for 25% off its original price. All you have to use is promo code BF23 at checkout. I'll leave a link down below. If you're looking for a gift idea for someone who loves board games or horror, or you want to snag one for yourself, then check it out. I'm sure you're going to enjoy yourself. And if you don't, I'm I'm sorry. I did my best. Anyway, moving on to a more bitter announcement. I haven't uploaded since the Halloween episode. And honestly, I'm not sure what the future of the show is going to be. I've kind of lost my zest for doing this. I put a lot of energy and a lot of hours into all the content I released in October, only to get a very, very small amount of engagement and views. I know this was never the biggest YouTube channel slash podcast in the world, but over the years it seems like engagement has dropped a lot, and I just feel like I'm wasting a lot of time putting effort into these episodes, and it seems like it's all for nothing in the end. So. That kind of sucks, because I love doing this, and it especially doesn't seem to make sense to me, because TikTok is a thing, and in the time it takes me to make a single podcast episode, I can probably knock out 5 to 10 TikTok videos, and over there I'm getting hundreds of thousands of views. Some of my content there has millions of views. One in particular has 13 million views, and it took me literally, like I said, a fraction of the time compared to how long it takes me to make these episodes. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I don't want to stop abruptly. I'll at least finish out the year, and I'll have a Christmas episode as well. Um, But I won't be uploading weekly anymore. And after the December episode, I'll probably go on a long hiatus and decide what the future will be at that point. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry to hit you with some bittersweet news right in the start. Hopefully you're still listening, because the two stories are about to begin. Oddly enough, these two stories, both written by different authors, both have the elements of storms, being trapped, and people being consumed in unsavory ways. And I figure since Thanksgiving is today, why not feature these two stories about people being consumed? Get it? Because it's Thanksgiving. Anyway, enough of that. We're going to jump into the first story. Written by Mantis Shrimp 47 I present The Storm Ate My Little Brother. A decade ago, my little brother, Sam, was eaten by the rain. My therapist said that I was traumatized by losing my brother, that I must have hallucinated or made it up. 
but I know what happened. Ten years ago, my brother burst in through the door, talking a mile a minute, as was typical for him. Hey, did you hear about the hurricane? I slouched further down in my chair and ignored him. Sam was 14 and obsessed with meteorology to agree that was honestly concerning. He stood outside with his face upturned whenever it snowed, binged storm chasers at least once a week, and when his homemade weather balloon had failed to get off the ground, he had been unconsolable for weeks. Maria, get off your phone and listen to me. He pitched his voice way down as he said it, copying the way our father would talk whenever he was disappointed. I booped his nose with my middle finger and went back to the pictures of rabbits and top hats that I was browsing through. Sam stomped his foot and glared at me, his expression reminiscent of a disgruntled cat. My readings say that there's going to be a hurricane. Our parents had gotten Sam about a dozen pieces of equipment last week, as an apology for having to leave. They worked at the same company and often went on long trips, leaving our uncle to take care of us. Our uncle didn't want anything to do with us, really, but our parents paid him $200 per week. And he was a raging alcoholic who was constantly bumming off people. So he made sure that we at least had food. But most of the time he disappeared off to wherever he went when he wasn't with us. And we were glad to see him go. The stuff Sam got was pretty nice. All shiny metal and sturdy structures. I had no idea what any of it was. He had tried to explain it to me once, but I had stopped paying attention when he started talking about barometers. He had set it all up on a hill about a mile from our house, and he called it his laboratory. I was at my laboratory, and I double-checked everything, and it was still right. There's going to be a hurricane, or at least a really big storm, in 20 minutes. We've got to tell people. I've got to measure it so everyone knows. He was practically vibrating with tension, his arms crossed tight over his chest. I glanced out the window, where it was sunny and cloudless. Sure, just come sit down, Sam. He gave me the most betrayed look I had ever seen, but he did eventually plop down next to me, grumbling the whole way. Just wait a little bit, and then you'll see. The frantic confidence of before was gone. He now seemed unsure. I've lived in a small coastal town in the southeast United States for most of my life, so I'm no stranger to hurricanes. There's always frantic activity right before the storm hits. Boards, or at the very least, tape go over the windows. County provided sandbags pile outside the door and are strewn haphazardly along the outside walls. Three days worth of water 
and battery-powered flashlights are acquired. Everything was calm outside, the neighborhood and the weather, so I did not listen to Sam. I should have. We were there for barely 10 minutes before it started, but it was just a soft wind at first, a whisper of air against the side of the house, a couple of raindrops flung softly against the window. See? Sam said triumphantly. I told you. I got up to look out of the window, discomforted. Yeah, I guess you did. He leaped up with a twinkle in his eye. I've got to record this. I'll be right back, I promise. Without another word, he left before I could stop him, no doubt heading for his laboratory. Sam, wait a second. I called after him, but he didn't look back. I sighed and turned away, figuring that he would come back eventually. Half an hour later, Sam was not back, and the hurricane had hit with full might. The house was shaking with the force of it, and I couldn't shake the worry that Sam had tripped on a rock and was lying unconscious somewhere. I sat there, chewing on my nails with anxiety for far too long before I got up to follow him. If you've never been outside during a real storm, then you're lucky. It's not something I would wish on anyone. The wind battered me with every movement, making me lose my balance again and again. Every single door was open, and every window, too, in every direction I looked. There were no cars in the driveway, and the only lights that were on were the street lamps, bathing everything in a buzzing, sickly yellow. I spun in a circle, searching desperately for any sign of Sam. There was nothing, and I'm not proud of it, but I gave up. I couldn't take the constant drumming of the rain anymore. I told myself that Sam was probably fine, that I'd look for him later, and then I ran to the nearest house. The open door loomed over me, more oppressive than a simple slab of wood should be. But still, I shoved my way through, too glad to get inside. I rationalized to myself. Everyone else had probably evacuated. The doors were probably blown open by the wind. I stepped over the threshold, breathing a preemptive sigh of relief, and the rain did not stop. It didn't make any sense. I was inside with a roof over my head, but I still felt every drop hit me. They phased through the ceiling like it was not even there, leaving me with no shelter. There's this great short story by Ray Bradbury called The Long Rain. It tells the story of four men trapped on a planet that never stops raining. I had to read it in school, an eternity ago, 
and at the time I thought it was stupid. It was just rain. That's what I thought. There's no way it could have been that bad. I know better now. There's an exhaustion that comes with your mind being battered to pieces in your skull by constant, constant rain. The pounding of it becomes a metronome that is almost impossible to think around. The rhythm of my steps started lining up with each new sheet of rain crashing into me. A brainless march that could have led me over a cliff without me noticing. The only thing inside me was the rain. I walked and walked and walked and walked and it did not stop for what felt like days. I was alone the entire time. Nothing but me and the pounding of my feet as I kept walking. I don't know how I escaped. I don't remember it. Luck, probably. Or maybe the hurricane got bored of me. My first memory, after, is of waking up in the hospital with my parents clutching my hands. I didn't talk for a week except to say one phrase. Were you in the rain? I asked them over and over. Were you in the rain? Were you in the rain? My parents told me that there was no rain. The last time it rained had been weeks ago, and today had been sunny and temperate. I searched for a sign that the rain had happened, scouring news sites for a single mention of the violent storm that I had almost been lost in. The only sign that anything had gone wrong at all was in Sam's laboratory. I went up the hill as soon as I got back from the hospital, desperate for some sort of proof, and I found all the equipment broken on the ground. Every single thing was smashed to pieces, pulverized and scattered haphazardly around. My parents were distraught, but they thought it was an act of petty vandalism and they never believed me when I told them that the storm had done it. They held out hope for Sam for years, but eventually they accepted that he was not coming back. They even stopped blaming me for his death, eventually. I have never given up hope, and I have never given up blaming myself. People go missing during every hurricane, every flood, the search is always given up eventually, once it's obvious that anyone still lost must be dead. They're not, though. They're trapped in the storm, like I almost was. Like Sam still is, wandering ceaselessly through an endless landscape of rain and wind. Bad weather seems to happen around me more often than before, and I refuse to go out in it. It feels like there's something waiting for me, lurking on the periphery until it can capture me again.
Well, I've always hated rain, but at least it never did that. And speaking of things I don't like, if you've been uh, keeping up with the show for a while, you know one of my phobias, and when I say phobias, I mean truly an unreasonable fear, is that of old people, particularly old senile women. So this next story gave me the willies. Written by Reddit user Altruistic Print 5264, but also going by several variations of Kaylee uh, on different social platforms, which I'll link all below, like usual. I present I've been trapped in a nursing home for five hours, and everyone is dying. The five stages of grief are just like the five stages of the apocalypse. Grandma's voice made me anxious. I've been sitting at the foot of her bed, looking out into the storm that feels like it's been going on forever. As I turned to look at her, she was staring at me with a blank stare. What are you talking about, Grandma? I feel as if the end of the world is coming soon, my child. Soon. She replied. I looked back at her and smiled. She doesn't speak much due to her dementia getting the best of her. She thinks I'm her daughter and that it's the 1990s which is before I was even born. She smiled a crooked smile before saying, That's what I was saying about the five stages. Denial is first. Grandma has never talked about anything morbid like this. She normally talks about her childhood and early adulthood before she had my mom. She normally repeats the same stories about how she met Grandpa in high school and about how they fell in love. It's been years since I heard her talk about anything in the current time. So if the world was really ending, I was going to humor her with some questions. Okay, Grandma. How is the world going to end? She looked around the room frantically to make sure nobody was about to hear what she was about to say. They get in your head. They've been trying for years and years, she said. I replied, Who, Grandma? You have never heard of them, my child. They are more interested in the old and tired like me. At this point, I was starting to get a little anxious, but I kept asking questions because not only was I anxious, but I was curious. So, Grandma, you said we had denial. What are the other stages? She spoke softly but firmly. Anger and bargaining. She pointed to the window and said, If you look through the storm, you'll see it 
moving quickly. I decided to look out the window. This time, I saw one of the nurses pushing a wheelchair to a different building under an umbrella. I recognized the woman. It was Mrs. Lansing from a couple of rooms down. Mrs. Lansing turned her head and faced the nurse, saying something, but the nurse didn't react. I assumed he didn't hear her. The nurse stopped and leaned down to get her to repeat herself, but she just stared and didn't say anything. I saw his lips start to move, but when they stopped, she reached her hand around one side of his neck and stabbed him with a needle in the other side. As the nurse thrashed around the wet ground, Mrs. Lansing got out of her wheelchair and jumped on top of him. She began drinking the blood that rushed out of his wound. I could hear his screams through the window before they grew weak and eventually stopped. At this point, I slowly backed away from the window and I could hear my grandma laughing lowly behind me. She said in between chuckles, The thing people don't realize about the apocalypse is that it isn't what's described in the Bible like everyone thinks. I walked to the door and began to open it when I realized there were sounds of people rushing outside. I heard doors slamming open and shut and nurses yelling for the residents to get back into their rooms. I heard one of the male nurses yell for help. Then I heard a thud, followed by a sucking sound that made me weak in the knees. I backed away from the door and locked it, not knowing if it would be able to keep anyone or anything out. I then ran back to the window and made sure it was locked and closed the curtains. My grandma then says, You're a part of this now, my child. I looked at her and responded, In what, grandma? The fourth stage. It's not going to be much longer now. That was about five hours ago. It's dark now. I'm still sitting at the foot of Grandma's bed, and I'm starting to get hungry. I can still hear the cries for help from the nurses that are left. Their cries make me worry that I'm never going to make it out of here alive. I can occasionally hear the steps of people walking up and down the halls. I looked back out of the window, and I could see the nurse's lifeless body lying in the same spot, with no sign of Mrs. Lansing. She was there the second time I looked out, but that was a long time ago. Now she's gone. I heard noises outside, again, thirty minutes after my last look. This time. Mrs. Lansing and ten other residents were gathered around his lifeless body. 
The rain and thunder had picked up now, so it's getting harder to see. They were eating the nurse. I was in shock when all of a sudden Mrs. Lansing looked up and I think she saw me. I wasn't sure though because I quickly shut the curtains again. My grandma and I are sitting here in the dark. Ever since Mrs. Lansing looked up, I turned the lights off. After I did that, my grandma fell asleep for a little while. When she woke up, she began to mumble something, and every time she repeated it, it got a little louder and a little more clear. She kept saying, The final stage is acceptance. Yeah, um, definitely going to avoid nursing homes as best as I can for the rest of my life. But yeah, hopefully these two stories about little brothers being eaten by storms and nurses being eaten by insane possessed old people have gotten your taste buds going, have wet your whistles and have gotten your appetites flared up ready to consume a delicious thanksgiving meal with your loved ones but anyway everybody sorry if this episode was a little all over the place again i just i just feel like my passion for this is slowly fizzling out as far as doing these in a podcast platform i'm always going to be around in some way making horror content I mean, right off the bat, I'm going to still be making TikToks with horror content if you want to follow me there. Hopefully, those are going to translate into Instagram reels and Instagram content. And I've got the, you know, the board game situation with Enkidu Interactive where I already have one horror game. I'm working on a second one. And the other games I'm making also have horror elements in them. So horror is a part of me. It's never going to die out. But as far as putting time into this podcast this show knowing that it's going to get you know at most like 200 views across all platforms it's a little disheartening when especially again on tiktok i didn't upload for like seven months i uploaded something and instantly got thousands and thousands of views so i think that's where the future is and um yeah you gotta just you know you gotta go with it sometimes but i will say this the show is not going to end until at least next year because next year will mark 10 years of doing this so i can't go out on nine years my ocd will not allow it so i'll I'll keep going to some degree but it will not be weekly that's for sure so i will see you guys again in december for the christmas special until then i'm your host dan david reminding you all to stay safe out there I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Happy Thanksgiving. Nope. Encounters, the cryptid hunting game. Take the role of a monster hunter with a variety of classes, each with their own unique abilities. Draw the items you need and use them to capture cryptids or hurt your fellow hunters. Take on 50 creatures from all around the world, including vampires, Slenderman, and the mighty Kraken. But be careful, 
These deadly creatures won't go down without a fight. Can you catch the most cryptids before your health hits zero? Encounters. The Cryptid Hunting Game. Order your copy today at enkiduinteractive.com and use promo code NOPE to save 15% on your order. Happy hunting.